Hello and welcome to Tech Masala from an Indian perspective. This is episode number 31. I'm your host Aditya and along with me, I have Sakit. Hi guys. Hey, so we are back. Uh, we are live broadcasting on Indicast and you can hear us live. Uh, the URL is www.theindicast.com slash live. Uh, Saket, last time I got a few emails saying that I forgot to put in the live, uh, you know, website URL and uh, I got a couple of nasty emails about that, saying that I was slacking a bit. So now it's all done. Anytime we broadcast uh, this live, just go to www.theindicast.com slash live and there we will be. Okay, Uh, let's start with our story. So we let's start with uh, Apple going PG-13. No skin allowed on iPhone apps anymore. You happy? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess Apple always has a, has a history of uh, authoritative behavior when it comes to applications awaiting for platforms. I mean, we've had stories of applications being rejected for a multitude of reasons, oftentimes without uh, any reason. In fact, if uh, a developer submits an app and the store employee just says that it is rejected, and it could be anything. I mean, you can't, you can't replicate app store functionality, or I mean, you, you can't replicate functionality in any existing uh, Apple application. Yeah. And there are these multitude of reasons why an, an app may uh, get uh, disapproved. So, uh, so is that Apple is operating a closed system here, and something added to the system right now is that uh, now sex is the reason that apps are getting disapproved. Yeah, and uh, the, I mean Apple has always been known for it, right? Apple has always dictated its terms and uh, sort of maintained a maintained a stand uh, of uh, you know we know what's better for our users and. And especially now when we, when we come to banning iPhone for display of skin or for sexual reasons, it's, it's pretty difficult as to how do you, how do you define what is, what is offensive? You know, what is offensive for you might not be offensive for me. So it, it, it's a slippery slope. Uh, very much. I mean, uh, at some point Apple has to come to terms with the fact that uh, as the market share grows and as the user base grows, I mean, they can't continue to uh, uh, operate this walled garden that they operate. I mean, no, there but has to be some openness to come in. Uh, if not openness, then there at least has to be some transparency in the sense that, okay, this, this we will approve, this we will not approve. No, but here, here Apple is also being a bit hypocritical because, you know, the Playboy app is still on. They haven't taken the Playboy app down. Yeah, and uh, actually they didn't really send an official word out as to they now have a no porn policy. Uh, what happened was uh, there is this application on the iPhone called Wobble. Now, what this application does is that you can upload a picture and you can uh, mark any part of the picture as the wobbly part. And <laughs> then you can shake the iPhone to wobble that part of the picture. Right. So you, you can quite imagine the applications of this. And... Uh, this is supposed to be a very fun app on the iPhone, and uh, uh, it uh, got removed from the, uh, the the Apple Store recently. And I mean, not just that application. I mean, almost five thousand other applications in this. I mean, which belong to this genre. 
Now, nobody else seems to have got a response on Apple, but uh, the, the developer of this particular application, they got a response saying that uh, the application was approved because of, uh, disapproved because of, because of Apple's policies against uh, sexual content. Yeah. And, and then it went on further to lay out some ground rules. I mean, this is nothing written. It, it is uh, uh, apparently a conversation which took place between uh, uh, the, uh, the application developer as well as uh, the App Store employee. So, which means that um, one, they will not allow pictures of women in bikinis. Yeah. Two, they will not allow pictures of men in bikinis. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. I support uh, that. Then the third rule, which says no skin. Now, I, I, it is it, it, it just stops at that, and uh, it's kind of ambiguous because you don't really know. I mean, uh, uh, where it stops, right? Right. You seriously, can't have an app where no skin at all is allowed. So. Obviously, there has to be a line drawn somewhere, but then again, there is no clarity here. So the Flickr app, so the Flickr app also should be taken down in that case. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if that were to be the case, I guess Safari should be taken down. I mean, because you can access all kinds of porn on Safari, can't you? I mean, uh, dude, I mean, YouTube, the, the YouTube app, right? I mean, there are there are you know, the YouTube does a decent job in removing porn, but there are there there there, there are still. Uh, videos out there that are you know can can be exciting for a 15 year old person well, very much i'm sure that these swimsuit contests happening and uh, a lot of these things uh, get uploaded to youtube and uh, there is no uh, uh, let's say monitoring of that that as yet and i mean but but then there's a seek of hypocrisy and other applications are getting rejected i mean for these strange reasons yeah just a quick tip out here saket if people really want to get, you know, nasty videos on YouTube, you should closely track the recently uploaded section. And before a, a video gets marked as abusive, it is available for viewing. And typically these, these, these videos are taken down in the neck, in the 10 minutes or something like that. But if you're lucky, you can get some good stuff. Yeah, I guess YouTube guys are really proactive, but. Uh... Yeah. That is a good tip, but I mean, I have other sources. <laughs> I, I'm sure you do. I think I'll be making much use of it. Yeah, but uh, this also sounds very similar to the recent amendments that we had to the IT Act in India itself, doesn't it? Where where lascivious or lascivious content yeah, was lascivious not. Content. Yeah, yeah I mean, even Apple says that no content should be arousing. Now, I mean, isn't it kind of ambiguous as to what is arousing? It's pretty much like the word lascivious. I mean, anything could be lascivious. Right. Um, so, so let's see Apple. I, let's see how how strongly they implement this one. And uh, not sure what's going to happen about those um, apps that have been banned. Now, this is one of the very scary. One thing I wanted to add here, in the sense that along with Apple banning all these apps and five thousand of them, there has been another story doing the rounds recently. Is that Apple may in future add an explicit category to the 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 Apple Store and oh. the, the App Store. And uh, somebody who is trying to submit an application and uh, there is like a submission form where you can select the category for the application, found this uh, explicit category, took a screenshot and uh, posted it online. But later on, I mean, that category just disappeared. So maybe Apple is mulling its options because I'm sure there is a lot of revenue in, this, in these apps. And uh, um, there are a lot of people who are casually spending money on these apps. And uh, I mean, uh, an application like Wobble might be a fun app to have on your phone. So it's like, uh, why? enforcing this model code they're also losing revenue so maybe in future you might see an explicit category which is uh, I mean which has pairing controls and all of that and that might be a better solution for all of us yeah and, and just for your information the first version of the 
app wobble was no was called wobble iboobs because yeah, it was called iboobs <laughs> yeah it was called, because you could you could just you know wiggle them around uh, and then they added new features where you could you know select a part of a of the body to wobble around so anyways the you know let's move on to the next topic that we have which is of google is now uh, feeling the pinch of uh, being good at what it does it is getting hit with a lot of antitrust complaints in europe yeah and no wonder that one of the people who is actually complaining against google for antitrust is none other than microsoft yeah they are doing it very uh, very kya bolte khufiya panti types right Yeah, it's actually quite secretive. They uh, have not openly acknowledged that uh, they were initially the uh, the company which filed these complaints. So let's actually give background on the story here. So I mean, uh, antitrust is something which, which is very popular in EU, and I mean, all these things have been very popular in EU. And uh, Google was recently sued. Uh, I mean, uh, the EU actually, the European Commission. Uh, they they issued a confirmation saying that they have received a antitrust complaint against Google from three different companies and uh, and they left it at that. But Google themselves have come out with a statement regarding this and they've identified these companies as a legal search engine called eJustice.fr. Right. Uh, then there is another uh, engine called Poundem, which is a British uh, price comparison search engine, and uh, another search engine called Xiao, which is Xiao. You might Xiao, yeah. which was recently acquired by microsoft which is essentially a shopping search engine so all these people are now suing google saying that uh, uh, these websites themselves are not appearing at a high enough ranking on the google search results yeah. uh, for your terms so basically google is using its search cloud to make sure that uh, people don't get to these uh, vertical search engines uh, and essentially given that google is in the search business itself and that constitutes antitrust uh, activities and 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 google's response to this was that they are low in the ranking because they simply aren't good enough yeah google claims to have this impartial algorithm and i mean they're just saying that these sites suck i mean they're saying that other sites like expedia and opodo and money supermarket which pretty much do the same thing what these three websites are doing uh, and they are figuring high on the ranking just because i mean they have implemented their SEO practices well, or their content is more accessible, whatever it is. But the bottom line is that uh, Google is saying that they have got nothing personal against these websites. It is just that these websites aren't good good enough as per the algorithm. And and, and uh, you know Google is is pretty aggressive on this. The the Google spokesman Adam Kovacevic was quoted in Time in in the Wall Street Journal saying that our competitors are scouring uh, court dockets around the world looking for complaints against Google. into which they can inject themselves learn more about our business practices and use that information to develop a broader antitrust complaint against us and when he was saying this he was hinting at microsoft so and and if you if you really look at it google has about about 70% of the search market in united states but internationally it is around 90% uh, yes it is but doesn't this all seem like a vendetta against google it is but you know it is this is what happened to microsoft right i mean there was this there was this uh, annual conference of uh, american antitrust institute where christine wani who is who is who was you know who headed uh, who um, who was was part of the internet explorer versus uh, netscape browser you know uh, 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 the, the the trouble going on then 
and she says now that Microsoft is is last century. They are not the problem anymore. She, you know, she thinks that she uh, potentially sees a problem with Google, and which now you know this quote at this particular conference coming from a person like her, who by the way is also the assistant attorney general for antitrust in the U.S. Department of Justice. Okay. So she she is a high ranking officer now. If she herself is saying that there is some potential problem for Google, so Google is not really happy about all these things happening. So they are coming out pretty and strong. Quite saddening that I mean Microsoft has in the past been a victim of their own successes. So I mean antitrust is something which the which Microsoft on principle. Uh, should be pushing against and not using it to fight their rivals. It's like fighting dirt, isn't it? No, but I think this is evolution, right? I think it is evolution, and these are the problems that you are going to face once you grow too big. And and now, in fact, people are saying, people, uh, analysts and experts are saying that it would have been uh, in, in the better interest of Microsoft if it would have separated off, if it would have gotten itself divided into smaller chunks. They would have been a lot more innovative. And you know, nimble and all those things. So, so I'm going to go out here and make a political statement. I mean, I think antitrust is bad. It's like um, uh, you know, when we were kids uh, in school or whatever, and then we had the, we used to play with other friends, and then uh, we used to have arguments with other kids. So there were some kids who would fight off with us, and these other kids would go to their mothers crying. You know. Yeah. So antitrust is pretty much like that. I mean. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, antitrust is a solution to uh, uh, you know fight competition. I mean, to fight competition, you have to make better products. I mean, look at Intel versus AMD. I mean, AMD is a company which makes these processors which uh, supposedly aren't as good as Intel. I mean, that's that's the primary reason they're not number one today. And just because they aren't, they are going after Intel with all these antitrust complaints. I mean, uh, they could use the same energies on actually uh, developing better chips. And I mean, getting more business. I mean, if you look at uh, Internet Explorer and, and Netscape and all that antitrust settlement, I mean, uh, that antitrust settlement didn't really help. Uh, uh, I mean, IE with the market settlement. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you had to come out with Mozilla thing, and you actually had to come out with a good product to be able to take IE. Yeah, you, you. I, I mean, anti antitrust sounds very, you know, uh, very opposite. To capitalism that United States is known for, doesn't it? Very much. It, it's it's counterintuitive and uh, it's appalling that this is happening and, and there's going to be more of it. I mean, given that uh, Google uh, acquired DoubleClick, I mean, there have been voices on that and that. Ha I mean, and then currently there's another trouble trouble brewing, which is about the Google Books. Yeah. I mean, which also has had the antitrust rulings and I mean rumors and so on and so forth. So. So they are not. They are not. They are not new to all these things happening. You know, they know their way around, and they have they have a uh, they they are in good standing with the U.S. Uh, government as well. I mean, we know that Obama is pretty close to the CEO Eric Schmidt, etc. So um, let's see what happens with this company, though. But but I can go and predict here that there is going to be a lot more to this. I mean, we will see a lot more of these anti antitrust uh, uh, actions against Google in Europe and I guess even in the US. I mean, Europe is is more proactive than US, isn't it? US is a bunch of I mean, Europe is a bunch of crazy people. I don't know what they I mean, what they have on their minds all the time. I mean, they just <laughs> like to go after these people for some reason. And I don't know why can't they just live and let live? 
they are socialist i mean more, many of the countries in europe are socialist so you know uh well let's see and in in other in another story google execs in italy have uh, gotten sued and in fact might also face uh, prison time Uh, and this actually has been a very bad week for Google. I mean, first it goes, it gets sued for antitrust. I think the entire month, right? The past couple of weeks, with with the whole thing happening about Buzz and uh, and then yeah, they got anti- sued over Buzz as well because of their business practices exactly. and now antitrust. And now this Italy thing, where I mean, uh, executives working at YouTube, I mean, who were taking care of YouTube and all those uh, parts of the Google properties, uh, three of them have been uh, convicted. Uh, of violating the privacy of uh, an uh, autistic student who was bullied by some of his peers in 2006 and a video was posted to youtube now google has removed the video the, at the very first instance uh, of that video being pointed out to google as i mean being marked marked as offensive or whatever and not only that google has also worked with uh, the italian legal agencies to actually identify these people i mean and bring them and bring them to justice in the sense that uh, uh, there is this autistic kid who really i mean needs help here and you have people who are actually bullying him no but and here in saket i think this is only part this is only part of the story okay what initially happened was once this video hit youtube it really got popular and it got featured on all the traditional media channels in italy okay and you know nobody had complained people had marked it as abusive etc and a lot of noise had happened about this but google chose not to take the video down all right then a couple of months later the police got involved and they sent a legal notice saying that they got to take it down and that is when they did it so the the the, the you know the the judge is saying that google did not uh, proactively do what it was supposed to do so it was not a what do you say um, it, it was it was not a good citizens or it did not do a a, a, a job of a good citizen and uh, that's why they got sued i don't know i've got mixed opinions on this i mean uh, we've already have these safe harbor provisions in the us which protect isps and service providers from from the content that their users produce because there is no way in real time that, that you can actually monitor everything that is being posted on a ugc platform and i mean if it's like apple right i mean apple and the whole app store business yeah. apple here is trying to take active interest in uh, uh, you know what gets uh, posted to the app store and then remove apps and ban apps and so on and so forth but i mean there are certain apps that they're leaving out like for example playboy in this case so there are questions being raised that if this app is uh, uh, vulgar then why not this one you know so yeah. that's why i guess google is taking a policy wherein unless there is a, a formal complaint posted i mean they are not uh, uh, i mean let's say making a statement or taking side so i don't know that's that's that could be uh, the uh, origin behind of of google's policies yeah well let's see what happens but uh, it is unlikely that these guys will actually go into prison because italy according to italy's uh, laws you 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 can't you know you don't need to go into prison if you are if you don't have a criminal background So it's actually pretty nice. So the first time you screw up, they forgive you. Yeah, they're like, okay, you know, this is less slap on the wrist, and uh, we give you this sentence, but you don't have to go into this. 
So, so let's see whatever happens with that. But but Google executives, I guess, because that's Google's. I mean, uh, the people convicted are Google's senior vice president and chief legal officer David Drummond, uh-huh. then a former CFO as well, and their global privacy counsel. So these are like all big shots at Google. You got convicted. <laughs> Ah, well, so let's move on to the next story about Facebook, uh, who just got a patent issued for the news feed. Uh, yeah, Facebook uh, has had uh, these new patent filings and essentially th- this is a longish patent that Facebook has gotten and it, 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 uh, um, uh, it, it consists of uh, different methods that Facebook can use to formulate a news feed and serve it to users. So essentially, uh, when you log on to Facebook and you use some application, so your friends see that as uh, Aditya did this or Saket did this. So uh, Google is patenting uh, a set of, I mean, Facebook, sorry, is patenting a set of practices which include generating these news items, organizing these new news uh, these news items limiting access to these news items as in to whom to show and whom not to show and uh, it essentially covers a total of 25 claims like uh, uh, sorting them inside a database and so on so uh, with this patent uh, facebook has pretty much patented the news feed i mean uh, as a concept which is uh, i don't know how to take this so so let's see a friend feed is also pretty much similar isn't it yes, yes. Facebook uh, has acquired FriendFeed, so I guess FriendFeed is off the hook. Who acquired? I thought Google owned FriendFeed. No, no, Facebook acquired FriendFeed, I guess, recently. Aha, okay. So, uh, so, so, what, what, what are the implications? What's going to happen to you know Google? Does it have implications to Google Buzz, Twitter, and uh, you know? I think Live also has something. Uh, Windows Live also has something, uh, some sort of a news feed going on on their website. I guess Google Buzz and Twitter are at least, uh, I mean, Buzz, yes, it has, uh, it has a newsfeed like functionality, but in the sense that Buzz does not filter any information or neither does FriendFeed. What Facebook does here is, uh, uh, it's, it is not, uh, uh, posting all data that everyone does because that will just be, uh, too huge a chunk of information. What they do is, uh, they intelligently organize this, uh, I mean, social attention data and they create a feed out of it, which actually makes sense for, let's say, you or me uh, to follow for your friends because it's like you have 500 yeah. friends and these people are doing something. So it intelligently analyzes as to which friends are the most that you interact with and it will show more information about them those conversations automatically uh, come to the top of the list and all those things right so, so there is all this fuzzy logic which uh, ends up giving you a sensible newsfeed rather than just a mail storm of data which you don't know what to do with yeah so let's see I mean, um, I don't use Facebook um, as much. So Only I don't, a company at risk, I think, is MySpace here because they are doing pretty much the same thing. But MySpace is out, right? Are people still using MySpace? Uh, well, I mean, the people never use MySpace in India, but I guess in the US, uh, they are still number two, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But it's been a long time since I even saw press release from MySpace or any story about MySpace for that matter. Yeah, I, I guess uh, I'm willing to bet that uh, in the next five years or six years, there will be no MySpace. Who knows? Yeah, so what's, what's, what's next? You know, it's interesting that MySpace was the hottest thing uh, less than a year back. And now it's not even not even mentioned as, as one of the Web 2.0 companies anymore. See, at the end of the day, I guess it boils down to providing uh, a streamlined user experience. I mean, whenever somebody comes to your oh, site. Oh, MySpace was bad. 
and my my space was bad i mean people had these horrible things that they could stick on to their profiles and you visited somebody's profile and an mp3 started playing and you know all it, it of- almost you know it almost reminded me on my uh, of my first website i created on tripod yeah i mean just chipka stake some code yeah. from somewhere covered in uh, uh. the entire website is laced with all these uh, different pieces of media and uh, it's all a jumble i mean i mean facebook also had the same problems I mean, facebook has got apps and i mean apps pretty much provide widgets which you can put on your profile but what facebook did with the recent redesign was you know they they reorganized all of this and they created one tab called boxes right and they put all and- this junk in that tab and and out of that you could choose the really important things and uh, put them on the main profile page so they actually encouraged their users to keeping their profiles healthy and neither myspace or i mean orkut in fact uh, have done that and that's the reason for the decline i suppose you know it's funny that you mentioned orkut it, it i logged on to orkut after months and i was uh, surprised to see the completely redesigned interface they have a new logo as well and it looks a lot better than what it was earlier but what will you do about the people though i mean i mean orkut is full of people who have uh, special characters in their names and hearts and ah, i know and they change their name for some reason every few uh, but but then you know there was this there was this poll the survey carried out in the company that i work and 70% of the people in the company used orkut over facebook i don't know that this that says a lot about that company i guess <laughs> tell you that half or let's say 80% of the people on orkut just can't spell so uh, i can't stand that ah <laughs> uh, well so if you you're pretty much if you have a profile on orkut you are by definition you are uncool now uh, i guess so. i mean not that i don't have a profile on orkut i mean i had one before but what i've done is i've written a message there that look guys i left this place a long while ago so if you want to catch me just come to my facebook page and that's that so i guess my school friends who still use orkut they can find me on facebook that. that that's how, that's how i use it as well you know i just drop in once in a while and just say hi bye whatever but talking about uh, platforms twitter um, which is now fast becoming a platform in itself is um, planning uh, has finally i think has finally got a revenue model for itself and an ad platform is uh, rumored to be uh, coming out from them yeah i guess a revenue model for, for from twitter has been a hot topic because i guess investors have been investing lots and lots of money into twitter and users are crowding twitter like anything and there is no question about the fact that twitter is humongously popular but still revenue has been a question mark so yeah in fact uh, in fact just just this morning i think biz stone the co-founder of twitter sent out an email to everyone saying you know giving a few updates and he said that the last time he had sent an email out to the you know twitter users since then the twitter had grown by about 1500% and had also hired its 140th employee that's interesting 140th employee that's pretty cute yeah no i know so yeah so 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 you are you are you are talking about this um, you know uh, much hyped twitter revenue stream yeah so google has got an ad platform called google adwords and what is being rumored twitter will launch 
is quite similar to that. I mean, uh, uh, Twitter has got a search function, so you can pretty much uh, uh, put a search on any keyword and you can monitor the tweets coming on that keyword. So the initial impression seems to be that uh, uh, ad platform, uh, which Twitter is launching, will include 140 character messages in between tweets. And these messages only will show on the search pages. pages and they will be sold on a keyword basis. So pretty uh, much how Google AdWords how Google works. Ads has. So Dell can actually buy the keyword laptop. So if anyone searches the word laptop on uh, on Twitter and let's say uh, the research results will be interspersed with these uh, uh, 140 character messages, which will pretty much look like tweets, but will actually be sponsored uh, messages. And and here they, they, right now they'll be working with ad agencies and buyers to get the program started but later on they will be moving on to a google like uh, model you know where you can do it all online um, but what what do you what do you think i mean how often do you use the search feature itself which is on the website okay now i don't know how this is going to affect uh, searches done using applications uh, yeah, I mean, uh, at the end, uh, right now, the rumor is that uh, simply the search, the, the search result XML, I mean, or whatever, uh, will include the ad. But uh, another application uh, here is uh, uh, you could have premium applications where users could pay to not see ads. And then these guys could in turn play, pay to and then that's that's how the revenue model could work up. So, yeah, but what uh, was wrong? What was wrong with a very simple premium accounts model? You know, CNN uses, uh, has a, has a Twitter a feed for, you know, all its reporters now. Uh, Dell has done, you know, millions worth of business using its Twitter account. Uh, every FedEx has, uh, and provides customer service using Twitter. So why aren't they coming up? I have, I mean, you know, they must have explored the possibility of providing premium corporate Twitter accounts now. And they could provide they could they could provide some high level of analytics and and all okay, those. That's only there. That's another revenue stream that has been rumored. I'm sure it will come in the future. Like um, they can give companies access to whatever has been said about them, and uh, it's, it's like they can charge people for their API. Uh, but but I think uh, this might just be a starting move. Given that uh, in the beginning they will have these uh, context based. Uh, uh, ads on the search results page but eventually even the main twitter screen or the home screen uh, has to start having ads because that is how applications like uber twitter are making money and there are so yeah. many applications which are putting ads of their own and uh, i think there's no reason why this model should not work i think twitter is one of the primary drivers of uh, mobile ad technology you know get coming into uh, get, i mean gaining prominence if you know, AdMob was acquired by Google recently. I mean, that was purely based on applications that used Twitter and had AdMob's, uh, you know, services in it, right? So, let's see, let's see what happens here. Yeah. Uh, well. So, I think we'll move on to the updates now. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for a while and that there have been a lot of stories that we've covered in the past. And we have some updates for you here. I mean... To begin with, uh, I mean, we spoke about Google cut, uh, cutting off support to IE6 in some of its application. We mentioned uh, Gmail and uh, apps, uh, Gmail, and we mentioned Google uh, Docs and uh, those applications. Now, YouTube is joining the fray, and YouTube will officially stop supporting IE6 
from March 13th. Yes, and they have they have been saying this for quite some time for about six months now. But now they have set a deadline of March 13th, and uh, for some time, you know, they'll be they'll have uh, a, a notice saying that your browser is not supported. It'll be pro. It, they will only provide a certain num- amount of features or reduced functionalities. They won't be developing new features which will work on IE6 also. Uh, so I mean, they just continue to develop whatever new features they want to develop. They'll they'll stop bothering with IE6 compatibility per se. That, is that that word? Right, and 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 you know, just and like where this comes comes from is HTML5 because YouTube is I mean trying to push HTML5 as well. And I mean, uh, as we've discussed in the past, I mean it's supposed to be the future. So I mean, so somehow when you talk about HTML5, IE6 simply does not fit. Yes. So that was update number one. The next update is about uh, India's 3G auction. Now, we have been talking about this for the last two years. Yeah, I mean, all, almost the last year. I mean, I remember Nikhil Pahava coming onto the show uh, last year sometime and we talked about the 3G auction. And yeah, and that was that was episode number 10 or something like that, I think. That believe. was long back. And, uh, and, and so now again, there is another, another date announced for the 3G auction and it is 9th April. I mean, uh, and apparently not only the 3G auction, uh, two days after the 3G auction, they even do the BWA auction, which is broadband wireless access, better known as WiMAX. Yeah. So I guess let's keep our fingers crossed on this one. So let's see. I hope it happens this time, and I'm happy that the auction date is not April first. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would be concerned. Oh <laughs> uh, well, they've also they've also introduced uh, they've also changed a few guidelines for foreign companies wishing to participate in this auction, and uh, they have relaxed norms. Now, companies that who, who already have approval from the Foreign Investment and Promotions Board uh, can participate in this au- auction. So, no new approvals required for companies like Etisalat, uh, uh, you know, Airtel, Bharti Airtel, Vodafone and all those things. So, good for them. They have eased up a few bureaucratic requirements. Next up is uh, PayPal has resumed its activities in India, but only for business users, not for personal accounts as yet. So and Adit is happy yet his money is still stuck. Yes, my money is still stuck. Um, and, and but it's not but as it's it's not as easy as it was earlier. Now when it first announced that it has resumed services, um users required something called as an export code. Okay, which was supposed to be issued by the Ministry of Exports. What is that ministry called? Some some export related some um, you know uh, ministry that takes care of of import export etc. Uh, regulates those. Ministry of Trade and Commerce would be the ministry. Yeah, so uh, you required you required an export code, but now even that has been done away with. And what you need is a purchase code. No uh, purpose. A, a a purpose code. A purpose code, yeah, that's what I said. Did I say anything else? No, you said a purchase code, but you oh, said oh, that. Oh. oh no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a purpose code, which is, which is what a pur- a purpose code is basically, um, you know, something that a bank can identify and relate that uh, amount to under under a particular category. So, for example, the, uh, and th- th- this is coming from RBI. Okay, this is not done by PayPal. It is PayPal is just conforming to laws laid down by RBI. Um, wh- what are the p- purpose codes? Uh, let's let's go through a few. 
uh, for so if, if you are offering travel and hospitality services for example if you are a travel agent or you know uh, doing uh, what do you say medical tourism ke liye, then you will be using a purpose code called P0301 if you are a freelance developer you will be using you know certain purpose codes available on the website uh, listed on RBI as well as on PayPal's blog so go through it what do you what do you think about this uh, extra additional step uh, I guess it's a fair deal because uh, RBI is not insisting that uh, uh, PayPal tell them whom the money came from. All they are asking for is what the money is for. Is it for travel? Is it for development? Is it for some other services? Is it for consulting? So as long as you supply this purpose code, RBI doesn't have a problem. But then your so, bank, but then your bank may ask you for extra documents. Okay, for example, they might ask you for a receipt or anything like that. I guess in practice, this is only uh, going to uh, bother those people who are getting large sums of large money. Large sums, yeah. And uh, I guess, I mean, if you are getting large sums of money, then it does constitute some sort of a hawala transaction. And uh, I mean, you ought to be accountable. But as long as people like, uh, I mean, you and me are protected, uh, I think it should uh, make sense. And uh, I guess you should start uh, now taking money, Aditya, under some purpose code, like consulting services or <laughs> something. I think that is what we'll have to do because uh, they are not accepting money for chari uh, for charitable institutes. So, uh, so charitable donations at this time are not supported uh, for transfer of money, which is a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, actually, I mean, it's not a good thing though. I mean, I mean, charities are good. I mean, charity should be able to get money, but I guess that's one avenue for money laundering. Ah, I know exactly. So this is all, uh, these are all required things which are going to uh, cause certain amount of inconvenience, but uh, it's, it's, it's required and RBI is supposed to be one of the safest or the best uh, regulators in the world, you know, so those, those guys have the best minds. So I assume that they know what they're doing. Ah, well. Anyways, so those were the topics that we had. Do you have anything else, Saket? No, I guess that's about it. That's about it from us. Uh, you can, for the podcast version of uh, uh, of whatever we have been talking about here, you can log on to www.theindicast.com and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or any other feed readers that you use. Um, you can also drop us an email at techkamasala at theindicast.com. It's been a while since we received an email, hasn't it? Yes, mail us people, mail us, mail us. Yeah, we like to get, get some feedback and uh, a few questions here and there. Okay, uh, to catch us live, uh, uh, to catch our live broadcast, log on to www.theindicast.com slash live. That's as simple as it gets. And we will be publishing a schedule very soon, okay, so that you can track it and try and be there for the live broadcasts. Uh, don't follow to forget to follow us on Twitter. Very important these days, huh? Follow me yeah. on yeah. Follow me on AC Mahatre and uh, Saket is available. That is V U L T U R O. Yes, he is at Valturo, and you you know you will also get updates about um, whenever we are going to go live, etc. So it's it's good. Just just follow us. All right, that's about it. Uh, bye bye. Bye guys. Team, take it, 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 take